Everybody? Can everybody hear me? No? All right. So we're going to get started in just about two minutes. So hopefully everybody has been greeted by a uh, little Ardbeg NO. And if you haven't, uh, there's a man with lovely burgundy jeans that can help you out. <laughs> All right, Jason, this is you. Cool. Is this me? No, no, but I always get the gray. Because he already has the gray. What a fucker. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's me and my dad, matching color. Um. <laughs> Cheers. All right, okay. a couple more. Is this loud enough? What's that? Oh, and, and Tim showed up with his late train and everything. Perfect timing. Welcome. All right. Well, cool. Thank you, everybody, for, uh, for coming out. Thank you to Gene uh, for hosting this event at Warehouse Liquors. You're always so generous, and we appreciate you hosting and coming out. Yeah. We'll also repeat this once we hit record. Uh, no, it's been recording. It's actually been recording. I, there's some good jokes maybe coming out here. And thank you to Mickey. Yeah, of course. Thank you to Mickey for coming all the way out to, uh, from Isla just for this. Just for tonight. So this amazing. Is, this is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and, and thanks to Dan as well for reaching out yeah, and cheers, uh, Dan. to set something up for Whiskey Jubilee Week. And, and thank you to all of you for coming out yes. on this balmy November Chicago night. Like, last week I was in New Orleans and it was a little warmer than here. Uh, I don't know if you know that about here. Uh, you, you know that you can also move to New Orleans. Like, you're not trapped here. You can you can move. You fucking Chicagoans. <laughs> okay, Mickey, you're here. Yeah, yeah you're here. Gene, and Gene, if you wouldn't mind here, and just grab a uh, a mic behind you, a wand, if you will. So, hello, everybody. Uh, my name is Joshua Hatton, and I host a podcast with. My good friend and business partner, Mr. Jason Johnston Yellen. Uh, the podcast, if you're not familiar with it, is called One Nation Under Whiskey. I think some people may be familiar with it. This is uh, sort of a passion project because it allows us to talk with really cool people, uh, like the gentleman to our, to our lefts. Right? <laughs> the plural of left is now lefts. <laughs> right? Okay, is thank that, you. Is that, is that not a thing? I always learn something with Joshua. Regular <laughs> listeners know that. It's left and right. Okay. Here we are. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, so, uh, Mickey, thank you so much for coming out. Um, I know this is, you've got sort of a long tour in the U.S. right now. Am I correct on that? Uh, yeah, coming to the end now. So tomorrow's the sort of final day, head home Friday. So it's been good fun, actually. Yeah. All right. Where have you been? We went to San Francisco first a few days, then down to Tampa. And then up uh, here. Yeah, I think this is the third day, I think, I've been here. I've, I've lost count, to be honest. <laughs> but uh, I'm getting, uh, so I'm sure it's about the third day, another one to go. Yeah. Uh, this weather, I assume, very similar to Tampa? <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah. I, I can stand this a little bit better, to be honest. I'm used to this type of weather, so Tampa was getting a little bit yeah, humid for me. But okay. yeah, this is okay. Yeah, yeah, this is okay. Fucking humidity. Yeah, yeah. So last time we saw Mickey, um, Jason and I and Michael and Jam. Where's Jam? There's Jam. 
Uh, we were all on Isla. Uh, this was July 2017. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And we, as Single Cast Nation, hosted. Uh, and by the way, Single Cast Nation is our company. It's an independent bottling company. You can see beautiful bottles on on Jean's shelf. Uh, but we hosted three swimmers. They're available to take home. Yes. We hosted three swimmers that, for the first time ever, swam the circumference of, of Isla. Is that is that right? Yep. Is that the right word? Absolutely. Yeah, circumference? Yeah. If yeah. you used it. Okay. Yeah, then it must yeah. be good. It was okay. Joshua only uh, uses the best words. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody tells me I get the best words. A lot of people words. say that. Um, but it, the swim started at Ardbeg. Ardbeg, yeah. Mm. And ended at Ardbeg. Ardbeg. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And the day that it ended was the day you were moving house. Uh, just, uh, just before. Just before? Yeah, just before it. Because, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. Uh, cause I, uh, if it happened the day we, I moved house, I wouldn't have been there. Because I, I, as I moved house, I came off a step and snapped my ankle. I was in plaster for about nine weeks. So I moved into a new house uh, with my wife moving in and me hobbling around in crutches. So, yeah, one of these things you do. Silly things. Yeah, she did all the work. So it was, it was good timing, yeah. But, uh, it wasn't a yeah. cry for attention or uh, help? No, or no, I kind of shoot it wasn't. I've never had any so painful in all my life. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> now you're healing hearty again. Yeah, healing hearty. We can get around, which is good. Back yeah. to playing soccer. Yeah, yeah. It did for my hair. It was really grey when I did it. Back <laughs> so, Jason, I know that you had some questions. So, if you haven't heard this podcast before, it's a bit geeky. And so we're probably going to ask questions about distillation and cut points and fermentation times and all that stuff that gets us really excited. So if if you start falling asleep, I apologize for that. But Jason, you had a question we discussed earlier for Mickey. Look at you pretending like we had a planning meeting. (laughs) When we were deep in consultation about this evening's interview, uh, I remember you said something really intelligent. Thank you, Joshua, I did. Um, One of the things Joshua has been getting his jollies over Many, many different things. Uh, but one in particular wow. ha- has been, how did you, where was your spark? What's the, what's the whiskey spark in the life of Mickey Heads? To be honest, at the start there wasn't a spark. You know, because uh, to be honest, I wasn't going to do it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Did so, you have family in the yeah, industry? Yeah, my, my, <clears throat> my dad and my grandfather were, were in the, uh, distilling as well. My dad at uh, Portel and my grandfather was a head maltman. The old malting's there for many years, so I sort of grew up around them. Wow. But I didn't intend to go into distilling at all, so I thought I'd maybe go to the Navy or join a police force, something like that. And uh, I sort of took a little time out from school, and uh, I got a couple of jobs, and sort of people in the little community, people see you going back and forward, and one of the lads from the Brewers from Lafroy appeared at my door one day and said, look, we're looking for somebody to come and work for us. Do you want to put a little while? You come for a little while. I said, right, I'll give it six months. Okay. So 39 years and two months later, I'm still here. You know, so uh, so that's how it, that's how it kicked off, really. Okay. And it was just really in the process, just helping out. My first job in a distillery was one of the first jobs was cutting peat. You know, and you all, we all talk about yeah. the peat and how you do it. And if you've been to Isla and you you can go there and see how it's cut, uh, it's hard work. Yeah. You know, so sort of about the first five years in the springtime. Uh, I used to get sent out to the moss with a, a couple of the men at the time as well. I was the youngest one there, so they said, "You young and fit, go and cut some peat." Holy moly! So we did it for about I did it for about five years, uh, from about end of March, April, May, June time, cut fit, and uh, <clears throat> so uh, it was hard work. I mean, six, six, uh, sorry, twelve hours a day, six days a week, 
Yeah, so yeah. That sounds like a real job. Yeah, I was about 20. <laughs> sounds like jail. Yeah, I, th I think it was about at least 10 or 15 kilos lighter in those days, yeah. Yeah, I can feel it. <laughs> and so, so you did that for the five years, and then something clicked within you? Like? Yeah, well, it was, was really on process. Uh, I was doing sort of helping out in the process. Why not learn the distillation process in the distillery? The, uh, one of the guys retired, and the manager at the time wanted me to do that, so I did the distillation, and then... I uh, learned the mashing process, and it was sorry. Probably Ian Henderson was the manager at Lafroig at the time, and great uh, guy. Uh, How was he so as a boss? He was really good. Okay. I mean, he sort of he gave me the chance because I don't know. I was sort of just working on shift at the time, and uh, the brewer at the time uh, came in at the time and says, "Look, uh, do you want to take over and you know come off the shift and you know help to supervise the process?" So that's how it started off. So I thought about it for a little while, and I thought, "Oh, okay." I don't know. So we did. So we just ended up learning, uh, okay. learning the process, going through everything. Because I'd done it before, I knew a little bit about the jobs, and then did a little bit more training. Uh, went off to, we went in to do a college course in management and things like that. So, uh, and lots of things just sort of added up over the years, you know. So just a very quick aside, because I've I've only appreciated Ian Henderson from afar. I never had the chance to meet the guy. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, he seems like a type of chap with exacting standards. Yeah, yeah, he was he was really mean. I got on really well with him, you okay. know, and uh, uh, because uh, well, I, you know, he was when I was doing it, you know, working with him, he was really good uh, to help with. He was, he was a lot of information, just listening to them. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, you know, it's one thing you learn. You, you learn from these people who've been in the business. Listen, you know, tell them what they're doing. Oh, why are we doing this? Asking what this. And I mean, at nights, I mean, I used to be sitting at home in the house at the time when I was a brewer because we'd be on call. So okay. a certain week, so the process is working. Something goes wrong. You could get a phone call. We've got a problem. Can you come up and yeah, and fix yeah, it? Yeah. So. So Ian used to sit at nights at time, and my phone would go, and then uh, I'd hear Ian, he'd go on the other phone, and he says, uh, Michael, are you, are you coming up tonight? And I thought, yeah, I probably will. He says, oh, I'll put the kettle on. <laughs> so we'd sit there drinking coffee for two or three hours, you know, and he'd be sort of chatting through little bits and pieces. Oh, so what a guy really to good. learn yeah, from. Yeah, yeah, really good, yeah. Oh, that'd be terrific. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as you mentioned, they're taking a management course. Um, is your job description distillery manager? At our bed. That's what you do, yeah. My job description is distillery manager. That encompasses lots of different things as well, yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. How, what percentage of your job is spreadsheets? Uh, <laughs> and time-wise, not, not too much. Uh, okay. I mean, I, I do, I quite, yeah, I'm, I'm quite a thing. and I like to look at stocks and the way the process is working. So I do spend a little bit of time on it. But that's because I want to and have to. And it helps me to know where we are. So, okay. But it's not, it's not a huge amount of time. Okay. You know, you're looking at talking maybe, maybe half an hour a day if I'm lucky at most. Okay, that doesn't you know, sound so too bad. It's not Can too I ask bad. A question? You know. Absolutely. So, true. in the transition, at some point you left uh, Lefroy and you worked with Jura for some time. How did they? How did they get your attention? How did Jura get your attention to be able to leave Lefroy so that uh, uh, exploit a different? That was probably island? that was probably me uh, in a way. I don't know what. I mean, uh, one point I'd been a uh, brewer or assistant brewer and in the brewer for a, a few years and. The Jura job came up, and you know, it's just one of these things that I don't know. You know, you, you can never reply. I just thought I, I, I sort of applied for the job uh, at the time, and my wife moved over, so she had been working in Ireland. So she came over and said, "Give it a go." We knew, we knew, the, we, knew we live in an island, so we know what it was like. You know, the Jura's got a, a lot less population than, than Isla has, so but it's uh, I knew a couple of folks over there as well, and uh, so I just decided, yeah, let's you know, give it a go. You know, so just to go and see what it was like. And it, because then you, you're the manager, so you've got the, you know, it's a, another step up, I suppose. So mm. I'd gone so far, so I thought, well, let's give it a try. 
you know, and, and go and see. It was very different because you're going from a different one distillery to another, which is totally different. But I enjoyed life there. It was really good. Yeah. In terms of scale, where would Jura be in comparison to you when you left Lefroy? Scale as... In terms of, so I remember um, John McClelland when he moved from Bunahaven to Kilhoman. Oh, yeah. Everything mm. at Kilhoman was one tenth. Oh, yeah. The no, scale oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry, yeah, sorry. Well, uh, Lafroy at the time, uh, probably, maybe a little bit bigger. It's, it's probably, it's a bigger, it can produce probably a little bit more, but Jura but at the time was still oh, a distillery that could, a capacity of well over two million. Well over oh, wow. two million. Okay. It could do just over about 2.1 or 2.2 million. So. Huh. So it was, a, it was maybe similar in size, but uh, going from a seven still distillery down to a four, but they're big stills. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And which years were those so we can look for uh, Jura Distill by Mickey? Uh, <laughs> uh, went over to Jura in July 99 and left there in February 07. Okay. Yeah, yeah. There's a so. lot of different styles of Jura. At one point, it was usually used as a blend, but over time, they started to use much more uh, peated qualities mm -hmm. within yeah, yeah, that yeah, realm yeah. as they mm -hmm. changed the, sort of the marketing strategy yeah, yeah. and the, the whole concepts. Were you involved in uh, the varieties of different uh, we, uh, distillations that they were doing? Yeah, we did a little bit with things. I mean, working with Richard Patterson was, was great fun as well. You know, Richard's you know, one of these icons, you know, so, and I really got on well with him. He was really good fun. So, yeah, we used to uh, work with him a lot. And, yeah, was what, was what Willie Tate there too? Think. Willie had left at that time. Willie was running, he, was, he went to Fetter Camp. You know, so he came. He was did, did some brand ambassador work. I think after that, after he, when he retired guy. from then, yeah, it was good fun actually. Was really good fun. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I just love the hard big guys thinking to themselves. We organised this podcast recording. So far, we've talked about Lafroig. We've <laughs> talked about Jura. Uh, is there another distillery yeah. uh, that yeah, you yeah. might want to talk about on Isla? Maybe South Shore, for example. <laughs> Starts with yeah. an A. Ends with a G. <laughs> So with that said, uh, we've got Mr. Dan Kroll coming around with some Ardbeg 10-year-old. Yeah. Uh, so everybody was welcomed with NO, and now this is the 10. And I'm looking forward to having this. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about the NO uh, there, Mickey? The, the NO, yeah, well, we just... That we enjoyed coming uh, in. Had as, as we came in. I mean, it's been the new addition to the sort of core range that Ardbeg came out sort of it's about this time last year. Uh, so it's been okay. with us for about a year. Uh, we've now got sort of four art bags, if you like, in the core range. Uh, started off with ten originally, mm -hmm. then we went to Ugadal, Curry Reckon, and then Anno came out. So it's a little bit of a different uh, style. It's, we've, we've done something at the distillery with it, where we've uh, we've created what we call our, our gathering room, and where we've got we've put in three large wooden oak vats okay. uh, as part of this process. Uh, and at the distillery, we. When we maturing, we we disgorge all the casks at the distillery there. You know, for the process, we we simply bottle. We send everything for bottling on the mainland. Mm -hmm. uh, but we have a system. Well, it was brought back, and we, the guys in the filling store, uh, there the boys, uh, Doug and his boys in the filling store. We, we disgorge all the casks. We sample every single cask before it gets emptied. Uh, every single cask will get at sampled. cast strength at or cast somewhere strength, down yeah. near we'll, twenty. We'll cast strength, and then we'll dilute it. Boys will dilute it. We we'll look at color, and we'll do a vat together. So, so for I know we we uh, mature whiskey and XP, uh, XPX sh uh, cask sherry butts. Uh, also, some in Newchard oak, not been filled before, right. and then also American oak as well. Okay. So there's the three different types, and what we we have a recipe put together, uh, and then that's put into these three these three wooden vats. You know, it's two small ones and a large vat. And they're what we call marrying, or we call them gathering vats, but like a marrying vat. And we put, we put the spirit in there for three months. 
Okay. Uh, and it's left to sort of marry, if you like, for that spe- at that time, and then we get it off to it, send it off to bottle. Is it, is it a wooden vat? Is it they're a... wooden. They're oak, they're oak vats. Yeah, yeah. The oak vat will not give the whiskey any flavour because it can't do that. Not allowed to. So the wood is like inert. It's very old oh. oak vat. So it's simply in there as a container and to use to marry the marry the spirit. So if it's not offering up any flavour, is there a reason? For going with wood rather than stainless? Yeah, or? we want to do, it's, it's part of a, a thing that we wanted to create something that's a bit more traditional because that used to be good to get done in the past. Yeah. yeah and uh, we wanted to do something like that. I mean, it's a, you know, if we get, we get, and we're still working a little bit in the room, but the vats and that are, are really finished. And it's really, it's a really nice thing to go and see. Mm. It's quite unique uh, on, on that front. And it, it adds, it gives us a little bit, of, a little bit of pointed reference for the, for the whiskey as well. So, and it's a really, you know, we've tasted it. Uh, it's a slightly different. Uh, than the ten-year-old, uh, mm-hmm. because it's got that little bit of sweetness in it at the start. It's got sort of honeyed, raisiny sweetness. Yeah, yeah. The peat is still there, but it just hits your palate in a slightly different it's a way. It's richness coming. It's a richness through coming yeah, through. A little bit right. of spiciness from the new char oak. You get the sweetness from the PX, and it's sort of vanilla. Go you know what you get. It's a from great it. balance for what appears to be an introductory gateway. It's had a huge yeah, success yeah, immediately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, been, it's, it's a really great well. opportunity to bring people in who have less experience with art bag and really enjoy it. It's amazing to see how people's faces light up when yeah, they have yeah. that. Well, that's, good to, yeah. that's good to know. That's good to know. Yeah, so it's been popular for us. It's come in really well, and I mean, I've got a really sweet tooth. I, you know, I'm biased anyway, but I really like it. You know, so it's. Uh, uh, quickly, what kind of volume are we talking in the the holding vats? Uh, the two smaller ones are about fifteen thousand, and the large ones just over thirty. Gallons so, or liters? Uh, liters, thirty thousand <laughs> liters. So <laughs> the, idea, the idea is we disgorge into the two small ones. And then we feed it into the large one. Oh, okay. And keep it in there. Oh, and okay. it, that means, because we obviously, because it's going to be in there for three months, you have to try and keep it in your aging summit different styles so you can keep moving it on when you need it for bottling. Gotcha. So, almost Solera. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah almost not quite. Yeah, but yeah. But so that's why we that's why we, we utilize it. So we have to keep to keep it moving on for the demand for the bottling all as and when required. Okay. Yeah. Is Michael There's, Nolan have yeah, a question? Yeah, Michael Nolan has a, a question. No, you need the mic. We're recording, so we, you need your voice. <laughs> Come on, Michael Nolan, play the game. Come on, Dad. One more potato. One potato. Um, you're in the midst of an expansion, so how does that affect your future plans? I mean, you're talking about what you do now. How is this going to change once you are complete with the expansion? I think it, I don't think it won't change anything. I mean, we're not going to change anything within the plant. It just it's going to give us a little bit more space. I mean, the distillery at the moment, we're working seven days a week, 24 hours a day, seven days a week for about 47 weeks of the year. Uh, and you know, so we, we don't have a lot extra. We don't have extra capacity. Uh, so decided that we're going to we're putting in a couple of more pot stills and some more washbacks. So we're not we're not going to do anything that's going to change the process. That won't change. We're just putting in more of what we've got. You know, so uh, and the, you know the, everything through the fermentation machine. Everything will, will keep the same. And that's the theory for it. We don't want to change anything. We just that we just need to give ourselves that little bit more, a little bit, bit more room for the future. Yeah. So now that my dad's brought up the process. I'm going to follow up, um, <laughs> Dad. Dad. Uh, so, so one of the things that we always have in talking with American producers is there's such a focus on what barley can bring to the table. There's such a focus on what yeast can bring to the table. And there's such a focus on what tasting your cuts will do for your product going into cask. Mm-hmm. You're at Ardbeg. One of the things we hear in the Scottish industry is Barley's just a commodity for giving us fermentable sugars. Yeast is just um, a commodity that gets us that fermented sugar, um, that gets us the, the alcohol that will go into the process, and then the cuts are done by computer or hydrometer, what have you. 
What's your take on what barley can bring to the table, what yeast can bring to the table, and how are you making your cuts at Ardbeg? Get as geeky as you want to get. Could you throw in the water aspect as well? Because water is such a fundamental part of this process also. Never, Gene, never. Forget it. Never going to work. (laughs) Okay. uh, Well, I think, I mean, barley is important. I mean, you you have to have it. For us, and because we peated barley, you know, we... a lot of the, the base character is going to come from from that phenolic level. Okay. So how it's processed, uh, and also because if you're you're dependent on a weather condition as well. I mean, it's a seasonal thing. You know, if you've got depending on the on the growing season, and so if it's wet, uh, cold springs, whatever. You know, so the the barley, you know, and the the quality of the barley sometimes sort of varies. So it's it's trying to get that consistency from it. You're looking for lots of starch in the grain uh, because you're trying to get. Sugar from it as well, but at the same time, you're wanting to try and maintain uh, the gravity and the extract coming out of your mash tun, because you have a you know that content within the, in your wort, which is going to affect your flavour profile. Okay. You know uh, after fermentation, you know so you, you you want good quality barley to get you a, a, a level. We do high gravity mashing, uh, so the, the OGs have to be a certain level, and we want to finish them off during fermentation. Uh, so the whole thing is linked through. You know, from the barley, uh, from the growing, the quality of the barley, th- through the fermentation, the yeast that we use is, uh, we use a sort of distiller's yeast, but it, it, it creates within the wooden washbacks the flavour profile that we want to distill. So just to pause you for one second, Mickey, when you talk about quality barley, are you looking for flavour quality in that barley? I think or you're looking for sh- fermentable for the, sugar? Yeah, yeah we, we're, we're looking for a good quality barley. We, we talk about yield, and yield is a part of it. It's not everything. We don't go for yield on it. I'm not under pressure in yield in any way. Although your yield's uh, pretty good, isn't uh, it? So it's okay, but when I'm not under. I'm not saying I've got to get that much from it all the time. Quality of the spirit is paramount. I mean, speak to Bill, you, you know, you've spoken with Bill, and quality of spirit for him and for our whiskey creation team is what it's about and make sure that we get the quality of spirit out. So in that way, yeah, lucky that we don't, you know, we're not pushed on it. But but looking at the phenolic level coming from the maltings, uh, looking at the yeast that we're using, look at the fermentation in the process and how we run the process and get that consistency in the process. And then through the pot still as well and make sure that we're, we're running, look at the volumes, we balance, we've got a one-to-one balance system, uh, which has been put through. And we look at this consistency, still run, time runs, flow rates coming through the stills. And it's all done visually. I mean, we don't have anything. If you go to our bag, we, we take the washback dips, we wooden, wooden, wooden dip sticks, we're in the still house, we're dipping them as well and looking at mm-hmm. different things. So it's very much hands-on and the, and, the, and the boys that are there, I mean, they're skilled guys. They, they've done a lot of work. Some of them have been there a lot of years. They know what they're doing. They're good at what they're doing, you know. And uh, I mean, I'm I'm sitting here, and they're still back there <laughs> uh, doing doing the job, if you know what I mean. So, Absolutely. So I mean, there's a lot goes on to it, and I mean, from the barley all the way through, it has all got to link in, and for us, and, and that's all coming out to the quality of spirit that you're going to get in. That's going to go into your cask and mature over these years. So, what would you say new make Ardbeg? Tastes like you talk about consistency. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What does new make our bag consistently our, taste like? Our, our bag has got a, like a, a, a softness. I mean, it's, I find it's quite a sort of gentle new make uh, for me because it's got this oiliness consistency that we get through the fermentation and the phenolics. It's got a sort of sweet sweetness because we've got the purifier on the still. So we've got on the spirit still, we've got a purifier where we some of the vapors are sent back down to reboil it. So we get a lot of maybe high ester acetyl content in it. So it's quite sweet and floral. Okay. And it's got a sort of sappy, piney character to it as well. Uh, and it's got a quite this, and the texture of it is really it's got, we've got this sort of waxy texture to it that you would get that you would get coming from the wooden washbacks, and I think all in all it's quite us for having a a real 
full flavoured whiskey. It's got uh, the, the, the new make to me is quite. I would say it's quite gentle. Maybe that's not right the word for it, uh -huh. but it's certainly Refreshing. very, very friend mellow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, very mellow. Yeah, yeah. Mm, yeah. So, uh, with with new make in mind, and actually with conversation that Jason and I had been having with Ollie, Ollie Chilton, who's in the room right now, um, we were talking about how things change in distilleries, right? You, you could have certain periods of time where, you know, in the 80s, people are distilling less, distilleries are shutting down, that could affect how your, your make is, right? The point that I'm getting at is when people talk about Ardbeg, not just the rebirth of Ardbeg, but old Ardbeg, and specifically 1974 Ardbeg, it's this mythical thing. Right, you knew it would come up. You're welcome. <laughs> but but you know, so I'm, you, you know, you, you hear people talk about 1976 Benriac, uh, you know, 80s Beaumont, love it or hate it. Um, love it. <laughs> people in the distillery don't talk about 80s Beaumont. Love, <laughs> yeah. love but, it. But but I'm curious, seeing as you were expecting that question. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't really just I've had it so many times before, you know. So I just. So, but the, but but seventy four has there's a bit of a legendary quality to that distillate. And were things different, or was it just those were the casks at the time? That was you know what what makes that slightly different. You need to remember as well uh, back in the seventies uh, because the they were still using the floor maltings at the time oh, as well. Okay. You know, for, so that was still part of it. We're taking some malt was coming in, obviously from mainland as well, but they're still malting. So there's a lot of variables in that as well, you know. So I mean, we talk about the '74, but there was '75 vintages and '78s, '77 who were all yeah. really good as well. And these, when they when they came out, they were older bottled whiskies, uh, and you can see the you know with the ages on them, they were in the high twenties and sure. in, in maturation. We've got the twenty-something range come out over the last two or three years, and if you go back and look at the comparison there. Uh, with the ones that are out there, and they're beautiful whiskies as well. Yeah. And you can see where our bag goes uh, from there, you know. So, okay. uh, so you know, there's, there's, you know, from my mind, yeah, you're going to get slight variables coming through because in the, the floor maltings, there'd be a lot of variables. The phenols would be higher, lower, sure, you know. Sure. So you're going to get that fluctuation with them. And I think that's maybe, it's a great talking point to have. Uh, as well, you know, and, and people say that the, the 74 province is probably one of, of the whiskies, but I mean, I've tested a lot of some of the older ones. And, you know, yeah. It's, it's a difficult one, but my, my reason is, be, but you, you can see where it go going through the maturation, and you can see that now in the 20-something that we, we brought out over the last few years, and you can see that character and the profile and, and where it grows from there. I yeah. did ask earlier, and I was wondering, is there any entertainment of the possibility of doing some floor maltings in, with the new, new we, addition to the distillery? We don't have at the moment. I mean, uh, that's, I'll, I'll say at this moment in time, we're not looking at that at the moment. Uh, but I mean, well, in the future... I'm not going to say sure, no, but sure. I mean we've got a huge development going up at the distillery just now, where we've uh, uh, we've we've just recently built a new new boiler house for the to energise the distillery. We're running two boilers, so we don't have any downtime. We can keep the plant running. Okay. Uh, so we've done all that. We've put in new malt handling equipment. Uh, we've uh, we've uh, put things in the you know in the mash tun just to stop our you know downtime, just to give us the, the, the keep, thing keeps running because we're not changing the process. Mm -hmm. We know we just want to keep the process as it is going. And uh, we start in the still house. We start putting more washbacks in. Now we're going to move the filling store because the filling stores you know we need more work you know, available to another area of the site as well. So there's a huge over the next 14 to 18 months we've got a huge a huge job on at the minute. So it, it is interesting as Joshua and I go around Scotland. And, and visit distilleries and visit distillery managers, the number of distillery managers who will 
give you rather intimate details about their boilers. Uh, oh yeah, boilers <laughs> are an amazing Oof. talking point. And if you find yourself at a tasting with a distillery manager, just ask them about their boiler. Uh, they will get so excited and so happy to talk to you if it's going well. Uh, there, there was a day <laughs> Josh and I well, were yeah. in yeah. Kilhoman and the boiler was on the fritz yeah, yeah. Uh, and Anthony Wills had a face like thunder and uh, he, he, he stormed past me on the way to his boiler and he just, hi Josh, and kept going, I'm Jason. But I, 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 just, I, just, I just said it quietly to myself. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and you know he was upset because he usually calls me Joshua. <laughs> Josh. As everybody does. Yes, as everybody does. We, we had another day we were through at Tomatin, and Graham Yunson had just kind of mm. taken delivery of a new boiler, and uh, he was telling us all about it. He was in cloud nine. Absolutely, and excited. And it was a, any of you seen pellet stoves? You know the little pellet <laughs> stoves? <you know? laughs> and uh, yeah. it, it was a pellet burning boiler. And he was over the moon about it, absolutely over the moon. So, so just when you mentioned your no, boiler, I, there, I, I, I wouldn't like, bother talking. But honestly, just you can leave that one alone. There. You can leave that one alone. Are you happy yeah, with yeah, it? Yeah, I'm happy with it. There you that's go. All that's you all you need to know. Need to know. <laughs> uh, Joshua wasn't being rude on his phone. There are other times where he will be rude on his phone, but that wasn't being rude on his phone. That was him checking Facebook uh, for questions for Mickey. Yeah. Do, um, do we have a, a Facebook question so, for Mr. Hitz? So, so we have a few questions, uh, but I, I would ask. Dan, would, would you mind coming out with the next one? What's the next whiskey? Uh, Ardbeg Grooves 2680. Ardbeg uh, Grooves. Look, let's keep the tradition going. Mickey, before we get on to the question while this is being poured, can you tell us about the Ardbeg 10 that we just finished? The 10 we just finished, yeah. We forgot about that. We got too busy talking. Yeah, well, well the, 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 <laughs> ten, for that. The, the 10 is, uh, is what we call This is Ardbeg. You know, that's what everybody knows, everybody loves. And that's what we, you know, that's what we, we, we do most of. Uh, and that's... Uh, I mean, for us, it's a, it's, it's a it's a main you know it's a big focus for us because that's you know when we 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 doing ten that's allowing us to focus on other things as well. So uh, so ten for us, I mean that, that was sort of re released again around the year two thousand uh -huh. uh, after Glenmorangie took off mm -hmm. because you know with aging in the stock and gaps in the stock, so it came it came out again and was sort of really on allocation for a number of years. Uh, but it's really it's really taken off again and going to I did a few tastings this week and we've we've tasted through the core range to some of the limited editions as well and you stand to people at the end and they'll just say the ten is just so good mm -hmm. you know and that's that, that, that's our signature if you like so everything else we do we sort of benchmark against the ten. What's yeah. uh, sorry if you just said this? What's the makeup of it? Uh, ten year ten year old Arbeg is basically uh, matured in American oak. Okay. Uh, so we use first and second fill. So we take the first fill casts when we get them in uh, from America. We fill them once. That first time becomes a first fill. Ten years later, it can be used again. It becomes a second. Okay. So we use a mix of the first and the second fill. Uh, and you can see that within the glass. I mean, it's quite pale in colour. So it's just a natural colour. That's put together with the two different types of cask. Uh, and that's the way it comes from us uh, together. So, uh, and that's, you know, it looks that pale. It's really, it's well matured. I mean, it's got the... Uh, to my mind, it's, it's, it's quite complex because when we talk about our bag, we don't we talk about peat because it's there, but it's, there's a balance. There's a little bit. There's more than peat, mm -hmm. uh, and that's the. I think that's the secret for us as well as trying to get a balance and and give a little bit more than the, the peat smoke. There's got to be more than there's different. I call it different. It's layered. There's lots yeah. of different layers in it. So I always get a little white chocolate quality from from our big ten. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> that is always very pleasant. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. One of the questions I get when I'm pouring Ardbeg for people, just for the fun of it, just sharing the fun name of it, is um, would Ardbeg put a cask strength 10 into their standard lineup? Hey, yes. 
I, I no, think no, about no, it I'm not, all the time. <laughs> 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 he sets them up, I knock them down. Uh, yeah, you sets them up, I knock them Well, say that, that, no, not looking at that at the moment. We brought in I know at the moment, and 10 year old is really what we, you know, that, that's our signature. Yep. You know, that's the one we know of. You know, we, we do lots of other things, as you know. Uh, we've just brought out with the Iano, we've got the Oogle Cody Reckon. So the signature is out 10 and that range uh, on it. So at the minute, you know, we, as you know, we're focusing on, on, on different things and new things sort of coming out, you know, as we do every year with our big day bottlings and things. So, but uh, at this minute in time, no. Well, and to my mind, the 10 was, was one of the, the trendsetters on an entry level product that was 46% yeah, mm -hmm. instead yeah, of 40 yeah. or 43. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. And I think that was a nice kind of step, bar step to set. set at, uh, yeah. And it's been wonderful watching the industry yeah, yeah. Come, come along. Come along and do it. I don't know if he's yeah, yeah. sighing mm -hmm. wistfully yeah, I, or... I didn't understand the word you said. Trendsetter. See, we say Trends, trendsetter. trendsetter. <laughs> I'm talking to a Scotsman right, right now. Okay. Getting I, just, a little, getting I, just, a I wanted to clarify here. for everybody Sorry, else in this uh, room who had no idea what you said. Trendsetter? No, that's... But as, as the uh, whiskey continues to mature, for the longest time there was a 17-year-old as a, an alternative to that. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Is that something that would potentially be considered as the whiskey continues to uh, Se build older stocks? Uh, 17, yeah, well, 17 was one of these. You get asked about the 17 because it was one of these whiskies mm -hmm. that came out that sort of quickly grew into, if you like, a cult art bag oh, yeah. uh, yep. when it came out. I mean, and the stock from that was, again, from sort of old stocks. So trying to replicate that would be very difficult. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so who knows in the future on it? You know, we've, we're trying to develop new things. We've, we've had the 20 something range and you know we've yeah we're, we're always looking forward and you know i know i know we've yeah we've, we have got a few ideas and sort of in hand but uh, i think bill would not be very happy with me <laughs> <Let's> <laughs> needless to say yeah just tells well. your secrets just tells your secrets we're amongst friends i know we're amongst friends I can, like I can, i'm, I'm sure we are but, nobody's but, listening yeah, so, so. No. Um, yeah, so we so we got a we got some questions on Facebook, and if anybody here has a question, raise your hand. We'll, we'll give you a mic. If you don't want to be recorded, you can uh, tweet at us if you're on the Twitter machine at One Nation Whiskey, and whiskey is spelled. There's no e in whiskey, so if you add the e, it'll do you no good. It'll get you nowhere. So uh, so Sounds a lot like of a questions. Country song. If you add the E, it'll do you no good. That's like a... No, okay. So uh, Philippe Vanavong writes in. He's actually written in some good questions lately. And he's, he says, Ardbeg has been one Scottish distillery that hasn't shied away from experimenting, uh, but instead embraced it with a lot of their special and committee releases. His question is, doing the various committee releases, what have you learned along the way? What did you find out that didn't work, that was maybe a potential committee bottling? You said, ooh, no, we've got to re-rack that because that was, oh it didn't work. Or you were surprised by something that you didn't think would work out so great, but it turned out better than you expected. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And if you don't to, want to, to answer to, either to be, part to be of that, to, to be honest with it, you know, we, because we, we we know the cast that we're filling and what we want to do. So you've got you you have an idea of the profile that you're looking for uh, at the end there. So we can obviously say we haven't dumped anything that we weren't happy with. And I know we've we've had lots of different uh, variations of different from uh, if we go back to like to the art bog that we've had, mm -hmm. we've had alligator and all these yeah. different types. So, and I think in their own way, they've all been quite unique. Uh, and I can't say that we've never, we've not had something that we say, no, we're not happy with that. You know, we sort of looked at it and, you know, try to get it, you know, get it where it wants to be at the right time. 
and, that, and that's a challenge uh, to get it and get it at the right time. And because you, you're looking to do our big days, and especially you know, we're making them now for a few years down the line. If you know what I mean. So mm. yeah, yeah. I always say we make whiskey for we don't make it for today, we make it for tomorrow. So is there anything personally you'd like to see our big matured in? Uh, no. <laughs> Had to see. I mean, I think what we've done uh, with the uh, in the past. I mean, one of, one of my, my one of my favourites has always been uh, the the alligator. The other one, another one was Abbog, oh, yeah. you know, as well. And uh, so on, on the style that we're doing, we do the, the traditional. I mean, American oak and Arbeg go really well together. I mean, it's about the heart of everything that we do, you know. So just looking at uh, different variations, we've been quite innovative with the likes of the Kelpie, and we've got the grooves mm -hmm. as well. So uh, sort of uh, doing different stories. So there's a whole lot of sort of ideas that we can. Uh, go around with and uh, we Bill and uh, the team just sit down and we sort of bandy ideas around but uh, it's, it's quite exciting to see uh, what we can do but it's you know making something fresh and new every year can be yeah it's, it's, a, it's a bit of, it's a headache and you know, yeah. I wouldn't say it's a, it's a pleasant headache do, if you do, know what do I mean you find you know, so. I'm sorry to interrupt I know, you, I know Gene you have a question as well but do you find do you think you'll find yourself at a point where Maybe we we've, we've run out of interesting casks to use. And do you play with do you play with yeast? Do you play with different barley? Do you play with different fermentation times? Like, is that even can that even come through in marketing if you were to ever try something like that? Yeah, yeah I think uh, <laughs> we don't answer this one. Uh, <laughs> You're welcome. Oh, good question, Joshua. Uh, well done. We, you know, obviously, been uh, within what we do. We, uh, you know, a part in that, and we've, you know, we we've, we've done a a few little things within the plant that we, we're doing, we've put through, yeah, that we're sort of looking at. And I'm, so I'm going to be quite vague with it because I have to be careful uh, <laughs> in what we do. But you know, we, we you know, we, we've done a, we've done a few little things that we go that we're sort of keeping an eye on at the minute. So interesting. Uh, going forward, and I'll, I'll I'll just leave it at that. Maybe if you don't okay. mind. <laughs> so the industry, before I commit myself too much, the industry <laughs> trick is to ask this. Same question, three different ways. <laughs> ways yeah. Boom, then you go. I think the answer might end up the same, I think. We'll uh, you, you just mentioned grooves, and, and people still have it in their glass. Do you want to talk about it a little bit while yeah. they're still drinking on it this time? Well, well the, the grooves uh, on this year is this year's our big day bottling. So, uh, and it's. Uh, Again, looking at the theme uh, coming down to it, we, we, we've been known for telling stories about whiskey for a long time because the, the way we do the, uh, the, the marketing with Arbeg uh, is trying to link, link a story to the whiskey. We've done it a really different way, and I think uh, we've tried to make it, I think, a little bit of fun mm -hmm. as well, but always maintaining serious about the whiskey in the bottle, but have a little bit of fun with what's round about it. Yep. Uh, so, Grooves was one that came in uh, a few years, well, we've got the barrels in a few years back, and uh, there was basically red wine barrels that we'd really heavily charred uh, and the, the link with the grooves is that when you looked inside it and you looked at it the grooves are really deep because it was a really heavy char not level three four really really heavy char mm. so it opened up a lot of extra surface area and it brought out more of these tannins so you get this really deep rich spicy dark red fruit coming from it so so that was really the link with it so uh, and then in our big day anyone who was there or saw the, the the things in our big day we were sort of dressed we took it back to the the groovy bits of the 60s and 70s and had a bit of fun with it on the day so you can you can do that and then uh, but maintaining that the whiskey is good because we, we've had a lot of good feedback in grooves this year 
Did you have to go back to a book to see what life was like in the 60s uh, and 70s? Did you, unfortunately, did you I, can rem- I can remember some of it, to be honest. Yeah, so. <laughs> did you have a flashback? Okay. Just, a li- <laughs> just a little bit, yeah. Maybe not right back to the 60s, but certainly in the, se- the, early, the late 60s, early 70s, yeah. So it's, uh, I, I get to that age. I've, got, I've got to that age now, so I, I hit 60 a month ago. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh, so there you go, yeah. So, so yeah, I'm not getting any younger, I'm afraid. So. But the hair's still a little bit of it, so it's not too bad, yeah. <laughs> Uh, we got another question from uh, Ford Ray, who I think is in the room somewhere. Ford's in the room. There he Welcome, is. Ford. Hi, Ford. He wants to know if you can um, uh, expound upon committee in the process of choosing the whiskey for the for the annual bottlings, and and how you well you touch on a little bit how you came up with the the name of yeah, grooves, yeah, yeah. but mm-hmm. I think can, within. Uh, Oh, sorry, <laughs> we're just talking. I get lost. I'm not oh, used no, to holding the microphone. Beauty is pinned here, you know. So, uh, I think looking at it because we're looking at the the specials going on down the line, you know, for it because and then the committee one, it's something we've we always do a, a sort of more limited edition for them, uh, maybe, and it's usually at a higher strength from it. So that's a little bit different. Labels a different color uh, for it too. I mean, the committee being really loyal for the, for the distillery. I mean, it was created really. Uh, to say, like, look, the, the doors of the distillery won't shut again, basically, uh, because it's, it's come back from a long way. In 21 years, it's come a, an awful long way wow. uh, to see where we've gone now. I mean, to think we're, we're, we're sort of in the process of expanding and doing things. I can't believe uh, it's been 21 years. Yeah, 1997. Yeah. You know, so oh, from 1996, okay. basically, that was going to be it. Yeah. You know, and then all of a sudden, we've gone to, to where we are now. So, And I think there's a lot to be, you know, it's a lot of creative... Mine's gone behind that over the piece since Glenmorangie took over. They put a huge amount of effort into it. Mm-hmm. Different thinking, because we've been, you know, when we, uh, the old whiskies that came out sort of built a reputation for the brand as well and were really well received. And then also the young range, I mean, quite innovative in thinking, trying to develop it and do the very young, still young, and tell that yeah. PD Path story. Crack and release it. And then, and then t- take, take it from there. And that was quite unusual because, I mean, that's the young whiskey was, you know, yeah, whiskey and age kind of gang together, exactly. as they say, a yeah. little bit. But I think for us, we've always tried to do that. And I think uh, benefiting from the, you know, the, 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 the company and what they wanted to do uh, and just ma- maintaining that quality of spirit is, is a big thing that's, that's done that for it. So, mm. And I think, we've, I think we've managed to maintain that all the way through uh, what, we, what we've done. I mean, when you're doing specials like that, you may, not everyone's going to like it, but they'll debate it. Yeah. And, yep. uh, and I think uh, what we try and do is, is, is be innovative and try and give people something that they can talk about and enjoy. That, basically, that's it. Uh, obviously, a, a difficult question for you. Do you have a favourite among the committee releases? Uh, Anything stands out? Uh, from me, when even when we went back, when we went back to the alligator one was your first art bank, you know, the committee one, and uh, and even from then, and it, I've got fond memories of uh, uh, that in, with alligator on the next year when it came out. We we had great fun with it and the story, and if everyone's been and seen the little video that was produced with it, all about alligators and alligators especially, I mean, it was really good fun, and then we did uh, we would. Uh, Bill and I, we went. We were over in we went to Sweden uh, the, the following year, and we did, we did a, a huge tasting in the tennis hall there for about I think it was about seventeen or eighteen hundred people, uh, and uh, we were standing in here and on a stage and you know somebody was out interviews and asking questions you know and I'm I'm standing on the stage with my knees knocking thinking what are we doing here you know <laughs> you know so <laughs> but you see all these people just sort of staring down at you so it's, it's quite different it was a great experience holy moly you know so. Uh, and then when I get asked the first question, Bill says, I'll leave that one to you, Michael. You know, so like, here we go, just get on with it, you know, so. But yeah, so that, that one's quite special, actually, to me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So just when you're talking alligator, where does the massive lemon note come from in alligator? Uh, I think with, there is, uh, yeah, 
lemon or baked apple or something. Or pine, you know, it's just something, something in there. Ginger spine in it. I think looking at it, I mean, our beg has this sort of citrusy background backbone to it anyway, coming through. Again, I like to see the purifier as, as how it happens. And again, that charring and there's the oak wood, when you see what comes out of the, the, the bourbon cast that we use for the tin, mm -hmm. just sort of enhances it that little bit, just brings it out more. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Before we either check out Twatterton or go back to the Facebook machine, uh, Gene's been holding on to a question. Yes, he has. Let Gene come back in. No, but a combination of Mickey's skill and uh, the creativity that Bill brings into it. Uh, Josh mentioned the limitations in wood. And to me, wood is almost infinite in the possibilities that you could do that. Earlier uh, last year, I was trying to influence John Campbell to finish a little Freug in a rum, which you have no part of. And uh, also tried to influence uh, Bill Lumson to do uh, Glenmorangie in a rum. So as long as I have you here. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what he's going to ask. Just a thought. I'll, I'll pass you a message on Gene. <laughs> <laughs> Bill, I'll let you Bill, answer I'll this answer one. one. You can answer <laughs> this one, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, also, does anyone in the room, or oh, anyone yeah, in the we, room sitting on a question that we can... We, well, we got one on, on Twatterton. Twatterton, thank you. Yeah. Uh, it's from Jake Gunst. I had a real difficult time reading Jake's name because there's X's. I don't know. Is Jake in the room? Where's Jake? Cheers, Jake. Oh, Cheers. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, so he says, Isla whiskeys are enjoyed a little younger than other varieties of Scotch whiskey. And he's wondering if he can talk about um, how peated whiskey aging differs from aging other whiskeys. Like, why is peated whiskey... More drinkable at a younger age. Is that kind of yeah? Okay, cool. Good question. Maybe uh, probably I would think something to do something to do with the with the you know with the phenolics because we, you know and depending on the levels also as well. Uh, I think we I spoke to sort of Gene Ellen and thinking I said I quite like I mean, the first two whiskies I ever tasted were ten year old Arbeck, ten year old Lafroig, uh -huh. and when you get used to that, and I think they've got a, they've got a zestiness about them as well, and I think between the youngest with the peat and the wood, you get a really nice balance with it. And as the phenolics sort of get older, they, they start to tend to get a little bit softer as well. Mm -hmm. So, but as you get into sort of the young, ten to sort of fifteen year old, and I think uh, the that that oiliness that comes with it as well just just helps to uh, to make. I wouldn't say easier to drink, but they're you know they're they're certainly uh, they certainly they, they give you a lot to the palate, which is I think is quite mm. quite is quite complex, and I think that's quite enjoyed. Do you think yeah. there might be partly a texture thing there if you're getting more Te texture is texture definitely a thing. You know when we talk, it texture is all about it, and it gives it, and it sort of helps. It helps with the with the palate as well. Yeah, mm, yeah. which might allow a younger whiskey to pass over, to pass over with a little bit. Greater yeah. presence. Yeah, yeah. When I, we spoke earlier about the new make that we make as well, and we, you know, the the new make we have is has got a sort of really soft, sort of creamy texture to it. Yeah. You know, and that's that's a new make at sixty nine percent. So when you're maturing off for ten years and coming down another. 12% less, mm -hmm. you know, you, so you, you've got that already inherent within the spirit, yeah. Yeah, our big new make is cracking. Yeah. I absolutely mm -hmm. love it. Mm -hmm. Speaking of the texture, do you find that that texture comes straight from the distilling process, or is there something within the mashing and fermenting that helps th the texture? I think it's coming through the uh, the mashing you know, the mashing and the, ferment uh, the fermentation for us. We, we have uh, uh, wooden washbacks that we use, so you, you, can, you can never really... We can't. We don't. You can't sterilize them. You know. So, and we simply we don't put. There's no chemicals that go anywhere near them. So we really hose them out, steam them. So we're controlling the bacterial growth within it. So we got slightly malolactic fermentation through it anyway, and we get that sappy, oily texture to it. You yeah. know, and that, that's formed during the fermentation and just enhanced through the through the distillation. Yeah. Sorry. 
I was making sure Joshua got a whiskey here, but Dan ran in the opposite direction uh, <laughs> when he saw Joshua's glass. So, so we're just going to be just being patient here for a second or two. Uh, thank you, Dan. Mm-hmm. Hardest working man in red trousers. <laughs> <laughs> and we notice the matching shoelaces. Don't think we don't. Don't think we don't. We do. He's off again to refill it. Look at this man. It's no holding him back. Okay, so Joshua put his foot in it earlier, as he's prone to do, uh, by asking you the question about 1974 Ardbeg. Is there a question about your distillery that nobody ever asks you, that you, every interview, uh, wish that they would? I, I, I don't, that's a hard one. I don't know. You get asked so many different questions. Uh, and uh, you, you usually manage to give, give everybody an answer. Uh-huh. You know, at least you, you try to anyway. So, But it's, uh, I think, I, I love even when doing tastings, when people sort of ask you the questions on it, because it's a... It's not a lecture thing. You want people to be interested in it. For and sure, the back more, and forth. The more, yeah. the more questions you can get yeah. and people are interested, that's, that's what it's all about. You want to try and encourage people. And uh, you, you, just, you just try to, you know... I'm enthusiastic. I mean, I love my job. love what I do. Never get fed up. Going, to, going out every day is great. I think we, we're in the whiskey business at the right time. We got really lucky the way things are going for us. Certainly for, for us at Ardbeg, we, we're in a period where we saw and seen the brand coming from virtually a very, very low level yeah. up to where we're going now. Uh, lots of investment. We've been re- really lucky in that. And uh, people really like to know what we're doing. And then when people come to visit the distillery, especially, anyone? Lots of people have been? Everyone been to the distillery? Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, 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 yeah, it's, it's a special place, as they all are. Uh, on Correct. as well. Everyone's very different, but I mean, we, we, we take a pride in the place as well. I mean, uh, I like to make sure that the place, when it comes in, people get a, a nice experience and it looks really well when you walk into it. That's, a, that's important. First, first impressions are really important for well, it. For and me. that was definitely a takeaway for us uh, when the swimmers completed their swim at Ardbeg and uh, Jackie and you uh, opened up the visitor centre and we yeah. really felt like we were celebrating in our homes yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the arrival of the swimmers. Yeah. And partly we're all just happy they weren't dead at sea. Uh, <laughs> they, they, they did a great job. I mean, that was a, that was a tough swim, you That's know. Man. They, did really, swim. They, they did really well, you know, so... But, uh, uh, yeah, so, so yeah, the doors were uh, open, we really effort. appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, they gave so good, did, glad you enjoyed it. Did yeah. you think they would make it? Was there part of you that thought they may die? No, I think they, you know, I think it's, it's hard to know. I mean, I'm not a swimmer, you know, I, mean, a, I can swim, but I mean, I'm not a swimmer. But I think to, to put the effort in, and they seemed determined when the guys when they oh, came yeah, over, yeah. That they were going to yeah, do yeah. it. And I mean, I had guys back with them, with, with the, the, boys, the boys in the boat knew the, the sea well as well. So oh, they, yeah. would, they would guide them Gus the right way. Was as well. a fantastic yeah, captain. They, they, they'll guide them the right way and, and make sure they were safe the whole yeah. time. That was a big thing yeah. as well, yeah. We got a question from, uh, from Greg Martin, who he actually he, he lives in Scotland. Uh, but his question led me to think of a question, because it's such an unusual question, in my opinion. Classic Joshua. Yep, yep, so I'm going to back it up a little bit. Um, Your question you made are, me think of a question. What did you say, 36 years, 39 years? In the, 39 uh, years 30, this year. 39 years 40, in the industry. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, heading for 40. Yeah. And Man and boy. At, mm-hmm, yeah. at what point, and, and I don't want this to come out the wrong way, which means it will. It will. Um, but, yeah. but, at, but, at, but at what point did people start caring about what the distillery manager does? You come through as, you say, oof, Mickey Head's like, there's, there's a bit of a rock star thing going on. It's, and it's not just you. Yeah, yeah, I, I know what I, you know, mean. I, yeah, I know yeah, that made yeah, you feel uncomfortable yeah, yeah, yeah. for a second there. Yeah, yeah, so it's not okay. just you, but, yeah. but in general, whiskey fanatics that, that say, ooh, you know, I, I have, there's a reason why everybody's out here, right? Where I think yeah, yeah. 20 mm. years ago, maybe 30 years ago, you wouldn't see this. 
Yeah. And, and I'm curious what you, what your thoughts are about the shift. There. Yeah, that's yeah. I think that's a that, I mean, that's a big one. I mean, I, I, I said in a test, and I'll probably say it again tonight. The one we do tonight, and that uh, if you said that to me nearly 40 years ago, you'd be standing in Chicago on a podcast talking your, about your job and the whiskey that you make. Everybody goes, that's just not going to happen. You know, so, and I think going through with, with the, the growth in single malt and the enthusiasm that's out there for people, and I think people want to know and speak to the people. You know, I'm, I'm doing the job yeah. uh, for us. We, we, we're sort of the figurehead. I'm, I'm running the distillery, but I've got a team of people there who are just about as passionate as I am about doing it, you know, so, I mean, I get, I'm here because I get asked to come and, and spot to people, and it's great to come and do, to do that. But I mean, there's lots of people there uh, involved in it. Uh, but I think for the distillery managers, I think we, because we're there and we're looking, probably because we're in charge of the process and we're, we're looking at it and yeah. sort of people look at you maybe as uh, something to do that. I mean, it's, to, I mean to, you, you sign so many bottles and, you know, trying to speak to people. And, and for me, I'm quite, a, yeah. I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm probably all you agree with that as well. I'm not somebody that's sort of up front in your face. I'm quite a sort of... Correct. I'm not, I wouldn't say, not shy, but I just like to, I'm, I'm just, I'm an island boy, I put it that way. And I just try and get on with the job. And I try to be enthusiastic and that's the... Well, the main it's thing not about like it, you're so. an engineer or a mechanic working through this. No, you're no, perceived as an artist, and yeah, that's yeah. why people yeah, seek yeah. you and they yeah. seek your autograph, yeah, yeah. because you're creating fine art, and people really yeah, care yeah. about this. If you went back 20, 30 years ago, the process was more derived around alcohol than art itself, yeah, yeah. but now this stuff is revered and recognized for the special qualities that it yeah, brings, and yeah, people yeah. connect with that on a real personal level, and they, they, they bring their friends and their family. They really feel that this is a part of them, so they recognize the people that make it, are connected to something that really matters to them. Yeah, yeah. I, th I think looking at that as well. I mean, we're sort of caretakers of it. You know, I mean, somebody else is going to come along and maybe do it better. And we do. You, you know, oh, you don't. You don't know how it's yeah. going to go on. So definitely. you just try to do your best. I mean, for me, it's just trying to spirit qualities, look after it, make sure it's correct, and all the way going forward. So, so in ten years' time, whoever takes off when I retire, I've got something that they work with and then they create their, then they do it from there. But then to just to make sure that when people come to the distillery that they, when they see the place, they won't think, yeah, this is a nice place, I want to come and see this and, and look at it. And I think that's important. Yeah. If anyone has ever had an opportunity to see Seaview Cottage on Isla at Ardbeg, it's a magnificent place and worth the visit to Isla and specifically to Ardbeg, it's heaven on earth. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, do not disagree yeah. with a single word you said there, Jim. Uh, do so, you want to uh, tell us about the fourth whiskey here, and then we'll take yes, a question, and, yeah. and then we'll. And then we'll, I've got a wrap-up yes. question, and yes. then we're out okay, of here. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. Oh, yeah. we, we do have to ask him one. Well, yes. Okay. That's, yes. yes. That's the. That's separate from my wrap-up question. The though. Yeah. Wink. Okay. Uh, so, what are we drinking here, Mickey? Uh, Number you four. Oogadil. Ah, Oogadil. Ah, there we go. I can, I can wriggle night about this one. <laughs> <laughs> so the, Great so selection. Oogadil for me has always sort of been one. I keep telling people when I do a tasting, Oogadil's probably one of my, my favourites. I mean, I, and I keep sort of banging on about it uh, that all the time. I've always got asked for it. And uh, so, I mean, that was, uh, again, we maturing in this one is used American oak. Again, first and second fill. And it's uh, some Oloroso sherry wood. It's not all about sherry wood on it. So it's a nice balance again. And I think for me, uh, the, the flavour profile that comes off it, it's got that sort of rich, dark notes, dark fruit spiciness, yeah, a little bit of cigar notes, smoky leathery note in it as well. And then on the taste, it's got that real deep earthy character to it. And, it's, and it was made to sort of uh, define the place where it comes from. I mean, Nougadol means dark place, 
where the water comes from to decelerate. So you get the, the rain running uh, from the Atlantic onto the hill, percolating through and get, you know taking the peat from it, and the colour sort of mimics. So it's telling a story. Uh, yeah. of the land. We've got the ad, the 10 year old there which tells a story which is the saltiness, we get the sort of smoky bacon, the smoke fish note from it, the, the iodine from the sea. Ugadil tells a story of the land or where it comes from, it's got that peatiness it's got in there and it tells a story so and it's big and earthy and it's just got a, a wonderful finish on it, just love it you know so. Yeah no absolutely cracking uh, juice. Mm. Quick question about Ugadil and then, and then I'll read Greg's question. Um, <laughs> sorry. Remember Greg? <laughs> yeah remember Greg? <laughs> Long time listener, first time caller, <laughs> still on the line. So I, I remember picking up Oogadal when it came out. Mm -hmm. And it, like you, it's, it's probably my, my favorite core range Ardbeg. But from what it was at the beginning to what it is now, I think it's, it's evolved quite a bit. And I'm curious mm -hmm. if that, is evolution in a core product something that is purposeful or, or is it something else? I think... Uh with Ugadil the way it is now, I mean, because we've, we've, when it was brought in, we've had the, the, the old stock coming into the new, you know, since, since the Glen Monge took over itself. Yeah, so we're trying yeah, to yeah. develop it through and try and keep that character that we've got. Mm. And I think now we, you know, it, it, I find it's really consistent, uh, the way it's put together. And I mean, I think that the evolution or the development was just the way we, we've grown it over the last few years. We've, yeah. we've come from one, not one style, but from uh, the stock values all the way through to what we have now. So, yeah. and uh, I think from you know, it, it's really very, you know, it, it's it's one of mine. It's when we go out to the copy or we ask people or committee or anyone, what's your favourite Arbeg and invariable, yeah, yeah. Ugadil will come out as yeah. one as yeah. one of these. You know, so the ten year old is always there. I mean, it's just the the one that's just people love anyway. But Ugadil's just got that. If you want something a little bit different. Yeah, Ugal yeah. for me is the one. I like know, that so the Oogie serves as a jumping off point from, from yeah, the 10. From the 10. You know yeah, the 10, yeah. you understand Ardbeg. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, then yeah. go to the Oogie, yeah. you then get understand, understand what the Sherry is doing it, yeah. differently. And then the you take off in a different way again because you've got onto the grooves and you've got the other ones. So yeah, you can see correct. where we go from the 10 and then develop it from there. You know, so. Correct. So yeah. Greg's question, and, and again, this is something I don't think anyone would have asked you 40 years ago. What's your favorite non-island distillery? Oh. Oh, that's a tough one. Yeah. And you're not allowed to say Glenmorangie. No, okay. <laughs> so, no, well, I've, I've tasted a few. Well, we've got two or three, maybe, uh, looking at that one. Uh, I've got a friend who sort of sent me a bottle of Longmorn at one time, so oh, quite nice. like that. Yeah. You uh, never uh, forget some, your first. Some, some, some Balveni or something, uh, something like that. You know, Clyde Leash I've tasted as well a little mm -hmm. bit. Yeah. And I do like Glenmorangie. You know, I, my, my the 10-year-old, I think, is lovely. I've got a bottle of oh, Longmorn. It's lovely. So these are <laughs> hey, three or four that I... Uh, I, I quite enjoy as well. I mean, and I have tasted other ones. I, mean, I, I tend to really stick to, to Islas, you know, and, and that's sort of my, you know, my, uh, of, yeah, sort of my favourites. I'm a pity whiskey man, but I love other styles as well when I get the chance. I will never refuse a good dram. That's, yeah, that's, yeah. that's the good Scottish yeah, That's the good stuff, yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, fi final question yeah. just to get us out of here, and then we've got the one question that we always have to ask. So, um, hopes, aspirations for Ardbeg over the next... Five years, ten years? Uh, just to maybe keep going as it's going. You know, keep being, anyway, people love what we do. Uh, keep keep that same enthusiasm for the brand as well. Uh, hopefully people will still keep enjoying what we're doing. Uh, you know, it's, it'll develop as we go through. There's a lot of talented people working behind it as well. Uh, and uh, it's, I think it's in safe hands going forward. I mean, it's certainly been in safe hands the last 21 years, that's for sure. And uh, I think that'll sort of continue over the next years. Yeah. So it's uh, yeah. I think we're quite lucky in the place where we are. So yeah. Oh. Let's keep it going. Well, yeah. Good mm -hmm. luck to yeah. you in, in yeah. doing that and going forward. Yeah. So. Pleasure. Thanks very Cheers much. Appreciate you. it. Thank you. Oh.
Oh, I know. I get asked that, and that's another one as well. At all, you know. So single it, cast nation. Don't it, listen it, to the hecklers. It, it, it's, it's, it's difficult when we get asked about people ask for cast from us all the time, and I mean, I think because we we've, we've been sort of quite small, we've had to sort of keep things for ourselves to try and develop it where we've been, you know. So, you know, so it's you know, it's yeah. I'm not going to say it's going to happen, but you never know in the future. You just you just you don't really know. We don't hear you saying yes. Um, no, no, yes, yes, yes is not some word I've said, you know. So definitely know that one, you know. So it's like. It's like yeah, when the yeah. parent says I, I, maybe, yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah parent yeah, says yeah, maybe, so, the kid yeah, hears, yeah, absolutely, so. yes, we're totally getting ice cream for dinner. Okay, so, so the very, very final question final, that final we always question. get out on. So the, the question that we always do go out on is, it's a question of misconception or preconception. Were, were you being 39 years in the industry, <laughs> Jura, Lafroig, Ardbeg, is there any others? No, okay, so those three. Just three. Yeah. Uh, Just three. Yeah. Being in, in, in you know, groups like this and going to whiskey festivals and, and meeting people on tour, I guarantee someone has had to have come to you and said something that blew your mind. You didn't understand how they could have come up with this idea. Like some of the standards are older whiskey is better, right? Or geez, I thought where, where do you where do you has house all of your malt syrup? Yeah. Or all you know? scotch is peaty. Or all yes. And so, what's one that you heard where you you found it to be a teachable moment? That's beautifully put. A, well teach, done, a, a teachable I'm moment. A father. Yeah. Well, I, I did do a I did do a tour once when we first started doing tours many many years ago, back in the, in the nineties. Uh, and I was sent out to do a tour. And for the first little while we were doing them, I mean, I'd never stood in front of people and started talking tours because we didn't know any tour guys were doing things like that at the time. Uh, so uh, when Ian came round and said to me, he says, Michael, you're going to do the morning tour, I'll do the afternoon one. And I'm going, okay. You know, so... Uh, <laughs> And I, I did on one tour, some, you know, just after I started, I was telling him a little bit about thing, something. You know, and then somebody, somebody did say to me, he says, nah, you're talking a lot of rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave it at that. <laughs> and were you talking a lot of rubbish? Oh, which is maybe, maybe, maybe they didn't understand quite what I said, you know, so but that was the only time. So it was a bit, okay. I maybe need to go back and think about that again, you know. <laughs> You were like, that's it. I will become distillery manager. Yeah, that, I will put that, it in that's your what face. did it. Yeah, I just bit my, bit my tongue and got on with it, you know, so, yeah. It's not like the Scots to hold a grudge. Yeah, yeah. Wow. yeah. Well, well, cheers. Thank you again to Gene yeah, for hosting Gene, us. thank you so much. This has been a great deal of fun. I've really enjoyed the opportunity to spend some time with all of you. Beautiful. Cheers. Thank you, Gene. Thank you, Dominic, for you your time. Guys, really appreciate yeah, it. Thanks for asking me along. It's uh, been good to come here. and Yeah, thanks for it. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, been, it's been good fun experience. Thanks, Gene. That's appreciate it. Right. So, a fun. Thanks a lot. And thanks to everybody who came Th out. Yeah, thanks for coming along. Appreciate yeah, it. Hopefully thanks we'll get to see you at the Jubilee yeah. tomorrow night. And Joshua, as always, cheers to you, my friends. Chin-chin. Chin-chin. Two chins. Chin.